This reading is from Romans chapter 12, verses 3 to 8, and can be found on page 1139 in the Red Bibles. We have Bibles in other languages and versions available at the back, and page numbers for those are on the screen. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts, according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to leave, lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, please do keep your Bibles open there. Um, and let's pray together, shall we? Father God, we pray that you would help us to understand what this passage means as we look at it together now. Open our hearts and our minds to your word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I wonder what kind of things you're good at. We're all good at something, aren't we? Have a think for a moment. Whether you're young, whether you're old, um, whether you come to this church or not, uh, what is it um, that you are good at? Now, as you're thinking about that, I've got a question for you. Who do you think that is? Me? Don't With hair, he said. It's you with hair. That, that's me. Now, every time um, someone does take him, like, the mick out of me for being bald, I remind myself of that picture and think, <laughs> actually, it's better to be bald than to have a haircut like that. Um, I think I do remember my mum putting a bowl over my head. I can't cross it. Terrible. Anyway, I was seven years old, and at the age of seven, I thought that I was the greatest footballer that had ever been. I thought I was brilliant at football. That was my talent. That was my skill. And it wasn't too long before I realised that I wasn't actually very good at football. Is that this? Let me move that. I remember playing in a cub football match um, for my, my, my club pack, um, and I was playing in defence, and as we conceded our eighth goal, I thought, perhaps I'm not the greatest footballer that's ever been. It was the realisation that I wasn't as good as I thought I was. Now, in this passage that, that Susanna read for us just now, Paul, who's writing to the church in Rome, gives us a picture of how we should be living as a church community, each of us with our different gifts, things that we are good at. And I believe that this passage has some major challenges for us, both us as a church here in Manchester, as Holy Trinity Platt, and for us as individuals. And just to help us, 
Uh, I've got three things I'd like to look at, because that's what we tend to do. Um, and I'm going to think about uh, how we think about ourselves, uh, the picture of the body, and then the gifts that we have. Now, I realized that I wasn't very good at football at the age of seven. But that hasn't stopped me playing and enjoying football. I've just come to realize exactly what my ability level is. And on a Monday night, over 35's football, playing against Dennis Colligan and Stuart Turley, will do fine for me. I am not going to be a professional footballer. Now, the first verse in the passage we have here tells us that we need to think straight about ourselves. We need to have the right view of of who we are. Um, Let me read it again if you want to follow it. It's chapter 12, verse 3, and it says this. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Last week we looked at how we are transformed in view of God's mercy, and part of this transformation is to have the correct view of ourselves. And it's actually the opposite to what the world promotes, isn't it? Society tells us that we are the centre of the universe and that we can do or be, become anything, anything we want to be. So therefore, we, we exaggerate our abilities, don't we? We sell ourselves to gain popularity and success. But here, Paul tells us that we must be completely accurate about ourselves, fully in touch with reality. As he puts it, Think of yourselves with sober judgment. We must accept what we are not, what we can't do, whilst also acknowledging what we're good at and what we can do. And in this way, we can both serve others and rely on others, becoming a true community that's interdependent. It's like he's saying, don't have an overinflated or an underinflated view of yourself. Cue my balloon analogy. I love balloons, as some of you know. <laughs> now, here is a balloon. We can think of ourselves a bit like this deflated balloon here. Sometimes we don't think we're very good and we've got nothing to offer. And that makes us a little bit useless, doesn't it? The balloon's got no function when it's deflated. And that's like having an underinflated view of ourselves. We're actually no use. Or, we can have the right view of ourselves. I did that. (laughs) And we function properly, as this balloon is. We can put it up and decorate it. It's lovely, it works, it does its job. And that's having the right view of ourselves. Or, we can have an overinflated view of ourselves. Who thinks they know what's going to happen next? I don't need to illustrate it, do I? Okay, but if I blow, keep blowing this up, it's, it's going to... No, I'm not going to. It's going to pop, okay? And I'm not going to do that because I don't want to frighten anyone. But you, you can understand the analogy. If we're overinflated, again, we don't function properly, do we? And that is what Paul is saying. We need to have the right view of ourselves, not overinflated, not underinflated. Paul says, see yourself in the right way. And surely when we consider this in the context of what God has done for us, we understand it a bit more, don't we? 
You see, each of us has been saved by Jesus' sacrifice. And therefore, each of us is equal in God's sight. Regardless of our backgrounds, abilities, talents, or age, we are all saved in Christ, and God loves us equally. But we're different too. We do have different personalities, different temperaments, different backgrounds and abilities. And so in verse 4, Paul goes on to give us a wonderful picture of what the church community should look like. Now, I may not be good at football, but one thing I do know about is the human body. For those who don't know me, um, my job is to teach biology, and there's nothing more than I like, I like doing than teaching about the anatomy and physiology of humans. This amazing and mind-blowing body that God created. Which is why I also love this analogy that Paul gives here to show us how the church should function. Just have a look at verse 4 with me again. It says this, For each of us, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We must see ourselves rightly so that we can function as one body. You see, we're dependent on each other. Look around you now. Look at all the people, maybe the people in your rows. Have a look behind you. See all the different people that are in the church here. We need each other. We belong to each other because we serve one another and allow others to serve us. Now, the word member, you see it in the passage there, the word member actually means a body part, um, of which there are many, as you probably know. I'm sure you can name lots of body parts, but... Here's the challenge. In 30 seconds with a person next to you, can you name nine body parts that only contain three letters and they can't be slang terms, boys at the front? Okay, name nine body parts with three letters. Go, 30 seconds. Okay, time's up. Put your hand up if you managed to name nine. I don't believe you. Okay, some people managed to name nine. So um, let me just go through. Maybe you're thinking, there can't be nine. Are there nine? Arm, leg, toe, eye, ear, hip, lip, rib, jaw. Thanks very much. Thank you. I could go on. Gut, uh, gum, well done, Joe. There are loads, aren't there? And just, <laughs> I said no slang terms. So, just as these are all body parts, we are all part of the body of the church, the body of Christ, and we all have a different part to play. Do you remember all those different people up at the front before, all people part of this community here? All different but all part of the same church, and we rely on each other because no one or no part can exist on its own. Paul does explain this uh, in, in another part of the Bible, in 1 Corinthians. Let me just read what he says here. 
He says, if the, body, if the whole body were just an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The body can only function if all the parts do their job and work together. And so it is with our church. We all have a role to play. And the role we play relates to the gifts God has given us. We act as one body when we use all our different gifts. Now, Paul lists seven gifts in this passage. Uh, In other places in the Bible, he lists different gifts. Um, And these lists give us some ideas about how we can be functioning as part of his body. I'm going to read verses 6 to 8 again. I wonder if you can spot the seven gifts, perhaps as I read them, just count on your fingers, all the different gifts that Paul um, lists here. So he says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Did you spot the seven gifts? Well, you might have spotted them, but some of them might not mean a lot to you. What we've got here, we've got number one, prophecy. And that really means those who are good at preaching. Then we've got number two, service. People who are good at practical tasks, serving other people. Number three, teaching. Those who make the truth clear and understandable, not necessarily from preaching at the front of church, but in small groups, in big groups, in Sunday school, even teaching someone on a one-to-one level. Then we've got encouragement, people who come alongside others and give support and inspire them. We've got giving, others who give generously of their time or their money or their services. We've got leadership, those with a vision, who others will follow. And then we've got mercy, people who work with those who are vulnerable, such as the poor, the sick, or or those in prison. Really, these and the other gifts Paul mentions elsewhere in the Bible can be split into three areas, speaking, leading, and serving. Now, when I was reading this, I was struck by the start of verse 6, actually the first four words, which may may not seem anything to you, but it says this, we have different gifts. Those four words, we have different gifts. That's inclusive. Paul doesn't say, some people have gifts. He doesn't say, only the chosen few people have certain gifts they can use. No, he says, we have gifts. We have different gifts, all of us have gifts. We are all part of the body, and no one is excluded from that. So if you look at that list and think, well, actually, I'm no good at any of those, well, this passage tells us that each of us has been given gifts from God. And perhaps this morning is a good time to think about what your gifts are and to start using them. I may not be very good at football, but I do have other gifts that God has blessed me with that I can use as part of his community. We all have. We've been given a picture here of what our church community should look like. 
and how we can all play our part. Each of us belongs to this body and has a part to play. So we must find out what God has equipped us to do best. And then let us use those gifts as best we can. So keep those gifts in mind. And Gabby will be, going, uh, will be helping us to think about how we can use them a little bit later on. But for now, let's remind ourselves once again of the greatest gift we have. That of Jesus himself in whom we have our hope. Let's stand and sing.